We're going to be wrapping up this series we've been in uh, for the last maybe three or four weeks now uh, called The Problem with Being Human. And uh, I think it's been a fascinating series. We've really taken a deep dive into truly that, the reality and uh, the issue with being a human being. And we, of course, are all experiencing that ourselves. We said that uh, we have kind of a problem, an issue as humanity. We know that we want to have deep relationships. Uh, we, We know that most of our greatest joys are going to come from connections with people. That's why we long to find people. We long to have relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, uh, meaningful partnerships in work or in sports. Uh, But we know also that some of our greatest pains in life are going to come from our relationships. Greatest joys and some of our greatest pains are going to come from relationships. And that's because we as humanity have a problem. And we've been investigating that problem, looking at it over the last handful of weeks now, and I think, I think have been helped by it. And so if you've missed any of those conversations so far, I encourage you to catch up online. You can do that. Listen on our, our website, and I kind of download all of those for free if you want. But here's kind of what we've been saying. Let me give you the, the wrap-up kind of nugget of what we've been looking at. We said it from a big-picture perspective. Uh, God made us. God created us in his image. And that's a really important big deal. The fact that we're made in the image of God is massive. It makes us different than the animals. It gives a certain dignity uh, to every human being on the planet, and it puts us all kind of on the same playing field. And we said the fact that we're made in the image of God is massive. We know that. Uh, We have value, and God created us that way. Also, by design, we're created for love. We're created for relationship. It's why we long for it so much. And we're created to love each other, and we're created to love uh, God himself, right? Kind of both ways. We're created for relationship, and we're created to be relational. We said the problem is with that is, is that human beings, you and I, and this started with the first human beings, we fell from our original design in some ways, and we were tainted by that. We would call that sin, If you're unfamiliar with that word, it just simply means we're imperfect, right? So all of us pretty quickly could say, oh yeah, like I I might think I'm a good person, but I'm not perfect. Like nobody's actually perfect. Have you ever told a lie? Sure. Have you ever ever said something that you're not proud of or done something you're not proud of? Absolutely, right? Who hasn't? All of us could pretty quickly and easily say, oh yeah, I've got that problem too. I'm a sinful person. And, And so that's what God is saying that fallenness creates a massive problem for us. Because no matter what, I'm going to bump into that problem in my relationships, in my marriage, in my friendships, on that team, at work, with my boss, with my coworkers, with my roommate, you name it. We're going to feel the fallenness of humanity at some point. Uh, Even though it might start off rosy and romantic and in the honeymoon stage, eventually somebody's going to kind of bug the other one. You're not going to put the cap on the toothpaste right. right? You're, you're, you're going to stay up too late and bug me and hit the snooze button too much. Whatever it is, we're going to feel the humanity and feel the brokenness in our relationships. So we said, when that happens, our natural gravity, our natural tendency is going to be to move towards a place of blame and shame and unforgiveness. It's just like where we go. Right? It's the natural gravity. It's like when your car's out of alignment and it always steers one way. That, that's where it's going to go. Blame and shame and unforgiveness. 
what we've been discovering in this series is that there's actually a different path that we can take. We don't have to steer into those three areas. We could actually steer against that because of what Jesus has done for us, because of what we would call the gospel. And so we've been talking about that, and we've been looking at that, and we've been looking at the fallenness of humanity, and we've been asking some big questions about, what do I do when I have been hurt? When, when you have sinned against me, how do I deal with that? What do I do when I have sinned against you? How do I deal with that? And that what we want to do today is have a really important conversation about the practicality how, about, how, how do we actually use the gospel to manage when I am hurt or when I've hurt other people? Like, how does it actually work? So we're going to walk through a pretty important uh, kind of conversation. I'm going to show you an important picture today that I, I think is life-changing. It's been life-changing to me. And all it really is is seeing how that message of Jesus uh, really applies and shows up in our everyday life. So if you're not a follower of Jesus today, well, what I would encourage you to think of and look for is look, look at how practical and useful the teachings of the Bible are and look at how practical and useful uh, th this conversation is in kind of living it out. Because here's the thing, I, as a person who lived basically half of my life, I grew up as an atheist, as someone who's not a follower of Jesus, here's what I found. I found that the human problem was one of the most difficult things for me to explain as somebody who was not a person of faith. I couldn't explain why I couldn't fix myself. And I couldn't explain what to do when I was in pain and when I had guilt and when I had shame, I knew that it was driving me somewhere, it was taking me somewhere, and I didn't know where to go with that. So, so pay attention maybe to that. If you're here and you're searching, you're looking for something, uh, maybe this conversation will strike something in you uh, like it has struck in my heart uh, a long time ago and it continues to even to this day. So I want to open this conversation up, guys, and really look, uh, set up shop kind of in a, an important passage in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and open to the book of Ephesians. Um, if you have a, a smartphone, maybe go to Uversion, and uh, you can follow along there as well. And I'm going to read through some passages with you here in Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is kind of explaining what happens to somebody that says yes to Jesus and what, what kind of life they can lead now because they've been changed from the inside out. That's kind of the setup and the background of it. So here's where we're going to start. I'll read it to us here. It's going to be up here on the screen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 8. And we'll read a few verses. We'll talk about them and uh, kind of unpack a little bit. Here's what... Uh, the Apostle Paul, leader in the early church, would say. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. He goes on, he says, uh, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, rather expose them, and he's, he's kind of lining up for us. We'll pause there for a minute. He's kind of lining up for us, and he's saying, hey, uh, at one point, you, you were in the dark. You, you in fact, were dark. You, and before God came and opened your eyes to who he is, you were in darkness. You didn't kind of know what was going on, and you really didn't have an option uh, because the lights weren't turned on for you yet. And, and so what he's saying is that's not a big deal, right? J just now that you have come out of that darkness, if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, I want you to live in the light. 
That light that opened your understanding to God, opened your understanding to God's design of you and how you're made and what you're made for. He's like, live in that. Live in relationship with me. Live in the light. And he goes on, he says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. He's going to say, in essence, you know, that there's some stuff that grows in the light. And we know that. We're going to see that happen, like literally right now. There's a big ball in the sky that's very bright. It's called the sun, right? It's like out. We're all excited about that. We all remember it's going to be okay. We made it through February. We wanted to punch it in the face, but we made it to March, right? Like we're, we're still going to be all right, right? The, the sun is out, and what's going to happen over the next handful of weeks, life is going to explode all around us, right? Green is going to explode everywhere, and there's going to be plants and flowers and bushes and just stuff growing. Why? Literally because there's light on it. Like that's amazing, There's a star up there, and it lights up the ground, and stuff grows out of it. You realize that that's weird, right? We would take it for granted. It just feels normal. It's just March. It's just springtime. Uh, I know we're all kind of waking up because of daylight savings, but, but think about that. That's a crazy thing. In the light, there are things that grow. What Paul's going to go on to say is that that's actually true of the darkness as well. That some things grow in the light, and some things grow in the darkness, right? Mold and mildew, it's going gonna, it's gonna to multiply and explode in the darkness, like crazy. It, it, just, it goes nuts over here. Fungus will grow in the darkness. Some things grow in the light. Some things grow in the darkness. And what Paul's going to call us to is he's going to say, hey, uh, be, be people that go over here and live in the light. And uh, we've all experienced this at some level or another. Uh, I remember being a kid and uh, my, my grandpa, I hung out with my grandparents a lot when I was a kid, and I thought my grandpa was really cool um, because he had, he was really into those, those uh, decked out conversion bands. You guys remember those? They were pretty sweet. They had those like big captain chair bucket seats, and uh, they had like full out carpet in them, like real carpet, and they had blinds in them. And they were like little houses on wheels. I mean, they were awesome. Right? And I, I loved going in my grandpa's van. And I, I, would, I would go and hang out. And I would sit in the back seat because I thought it was the coolest seat sometimes. And I would go hang out there. And, um, you know, one time, um, my, my grandparents, I remember they, they began to say and they began to notice, and we all began to notice, that there was like this smell coming from the van. And nobody could find it. Like, what's, like, what's that? What's that smell? What is that? Right? And like search and look around the van and, and there's nothing. Like did something die in the van? Is there like a dead chipmunk somewhere? No answers. No answers. Right? And I was probably about seven. I think I was seven years old. You know, at this time, I just remember, I'm like, I don't know what that smell is. That's fascinating. But about three weeks before, you know, we were at one of my favorite restaurants, Swenson's. Anybody else like Swenson's here? If you don't like Swenson's, you can just get out. Okay? I mean, whatever, right? So I was having a milkshake, which are phenomenal at Swenson's. You should go have one after this. And, you know, I'm a kid, and uh, kids spill things, right? So I spilled my milkshake on that sweet van carpet. You know, and in my kid mind, I was like, I've spilled water before. And it just went away. Like, it was fine, right? No big deal. I think it'll be okay. I'm not going to tell anybody about, about, 
about my spilled milkshake back here, and I'm way back there deep, man, deep in the back of that big old conversion van. Nobody goes back there except me, you know, and I, I got a big old pile of, uh, of milkshake that turned into something as it grew in the darkness, right? And it turned into a nasty, horrifying smell. You know, and eventually, my grandparents are like, what is your deal, child, right? Why didn't you tell me? Eventually, that hit the light, right? And it was exposed for what it is. This is actually what Paul's saying, is he's saying, um, hey, guys, all all of us are going to spill some milkshakes, right? We're we're all going to mess some stuff up. We're human. Uh, It's the reality of who we are. We literally can't help it. Being a follower of Jesus does not mean that we're not going to kind of spill our milkshake anymore. It doesn't mean we're not going to sin anymore. It doesn't mean we're going to not mess anything up anymore. It means that when we do that, we are the people that practice bringing it into the light. Right? Because it's actually a skill that we need to practice. Otherwise, it starts to smell pretty bad pretty quick. That's kind of what he's saying. Now he goes on. I want you to see this. He's going to lean into this even deeper. Look as the passage unfolds. Uh, He says this. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. He goes on, bring them into the light. He says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. He says this fascinating thing. He's actually quoting a, a hymn from the first century. That's what we believe. He, it says this, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's fascinating. Let me explain that a little bit. Here, here's what I think Paul's saying in this early hymn, as he quotes it. He's saying, hey, um, come, come into the light. Bring yourself into the light. Bring, wake up, sleeper. He kind of uses two different pictures. A, somebody who's asleep. Right, somebody who's away into the darkness, in, they're, they're asleep. And the idea of being asleep in the Bible is that you're kind of checked out to spiritual reality. And you're, you're not really tuned into what's happening among you. You're just kind of living life. You're asleep. Kind of asleep at the wheel is how we would think of it. Right, wake up, sleeper. And then he switches the picture. He says, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Here's the essence of what he's saying. Hey, in, in your sinfulness, in your brokenness, in in the jacked up state that you and I are all kind of in, whether we admit it or not, what I want you to do is take a big, bold step into the light, and Christ will shine on you. He will expose you, and we actually want that to happen, and I want to walk you through why that's so absolutely critical that that's what happens in my sinfulness, in my brokenness, in my relational breakdown, whether I'm sinned against or I'm the one sinning, I want to step into the light, bring that stuff to Jesus, because we want him to shine on us. And we'll talk about a little bit of what that means here as we unpack it. Let me show you this picture that has become pretty important to me. And I want to show it to you from a couple different angles. So, so when I sin, right, because I sin and you sin and we all sin, I have a few different decisions that I can make. Right? I can take that sin and I can make the decision to take the sin and move 
towards the darkness with it. What does that mean, Ryan? What that means is I can take my sin and I can hide it. I can pretend I didn't do it. I, I, can, I can look the other way from it. And I can ignore it. And I say, it's not that big of a deal. It didn't really hurt anybody. I wasn't really that wrong. I'm going to run to the darkness. I, I, I'm not going to expose it. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to stuff it. I'm going to double down on it because I'm not quite ready to release it yet. I'm kind of committed to it, and because of my commitment to it, I'm going to hide. I'm not sure what would happen if I brought this out into the light, so I'm going to take it into the darkness. Okay, and that's, that's true of all, kind of all kinds of sins. Right? Whether it's a, a thought in my mind that I had about somebody, or it's a big action or even a lifestyle that has played out. Now, this is why this is such a big deal. When I'm, when I'm here, and I've been here, and I sometimes go here myself, when I'm in the darkness, what will happen is I don't think anything's happening because I think it's in the darkness. I trick myself and think, I'm going to get away with this. And it's not that big of a deal. Nothing's really happening. It's over here. It's concealed. But what will inevitably happen as time plays on is eventually what's going to happen is it's going to lead to some level of downfall. Some level of downfall. There's going to be an explosion at some point or an implosion at some point. Because eventually what, what I didn't realize was happening is as my sin was in the darkness, as I hid it away, it was multiplying and there was some other stuff growing in the darkness as well. What was growing with me was also shame, my own shame, my own guilt about what I was doing, right? And that stuff is growing and multiplying, and, and whether I realize it or not, the impact and the power of my sin eventually is going to hit the light, whether it's in this life or in the life to come. And I'm going to have to own up for this thing that has multiplied and grown in the darkness. And often what's going to happen is I'm going to see a downfall in my own life. You're like, Ryan, what does this look like, man? If you want to know what, what, where addiction grows and multiplies, it's right here. Right? There, there's sin in my life. There's pain in my life. And what I'm going to do is rather than bring that out and ask for help, Rather than own it, I, I'm going to stuff it and hide it, and it's going to multiply here, and eventually that thing is going to show up and surface because it's going to hit the people around me. Eventually, that addiction is going to start to affect my relationships with people. People are going to start to pick it up, and it's going to come out in the light. That, that affair is, is going to find its way out into the light. What I look on my, my device and my computer when I look at inappropriate images, that's going to make its way out into the light. When I, when I have bitterness brewing in my heart against you, that's going to make it out into the light. It makes it out into the side comments in the words. The ugly is going to make it out somewhere. I'm not saying it to be mean. It's just how it is. It's like gravity. It's just literally the reality of how things work. Now, the beautiful thing is, 
this doesn't have to be my path. Well, that's good news. I'm not doomed to a downfall. I don't have to live in shame and guilt. I don't have to stuff it into the darkness. I have another option. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying what I can do is I can run into the light. I can run into the light. And what I want to walk through with you is what I think of as the gospel path of how to, excuse me, is how to deal with sin and how to deal with pain and how to deal with hurt. We're going to talk about this. Right, here's the gospel. I can run into the light. I can expose what I've done first to God. Lord, here, here's where I am. Here's where my heart is. Here's where my words are. Here's where my actions have been. I, I want to take a big, bold step into the light and let Jesus shine on the deadness of my sin, so to say, and trust him with it. Right? But, but here's what, when I do that, when I take that big, bold step, we all know this. We all know this is how this feels, is it's going to create a temporary pain in my life. It is humbling. It is humiliating. It does not feel good at first. I feel exposed. I feel vulnerable. I feel unsafe. And man, I, I went out there with it, and now God knows about it. And sometimes it even means right, kind of exposing it to other people that might have to help me. I might have to look and say, man, I, I need some people to, to have some light on this with me. I need help to get out of this addiction. I need help to get out of this sinful behavior and this habit. I don't know how to forgive these people on my own. I need somebody to help me. I need to be in the light with some other people. But man, that's painful because I, I have to admit that I'm a person in need. I have to admit that I didn't do everything right. This is hard. This is the gospel. Here, here's the beautiful thing is, that this is where the power link comes in, into this chain, is when I do that, when I go into the light, when I feel the pain of that, then I'm in a place when I can actually experience forgiveness. Now I can experience being forgiven. Let me, let me tell you something that is absolute. The character in the nature of who God is, he will always, always meet your sin with mercy when you bring it into the light. Always. He will always forgive your sin when you bring it into the light. If you bring it forward and I bring it forward, we confess it. He will forgive us, guaranteed. It will be painful. It will be scary. It might be absolutely terrifying. That's how it's felt at times in my life. But he will forgive us. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And then when he has forgiven us, and as he forgives us, here's what we find. We find healing. And we find life. Healing. And we find life. We're forgiven, and now I am living in the light. I'm living where God has created me to live. I, I'm living what God has created me to be. And now I'm living a kind of a sane, honest, integrity-filled life. 
And here's the thing. I don't know another way to be human where we're not doing this. Because I have a problem. Listen, I have a sin problem. Daily, I I need some version of this. Daily, I, I say words in my head that I should not say out loud. Daily, I think thoughts in my head that, that I would never want to act on out loud. Per- personally, I, I have to be open and honest with God and recognize this is me, man. I need Jesus. I, I need Jesus to forgive me and to work in me and to change me, and I'm desperate for that. And if I'm a human being and I recognize the brokenness of my problem, the fact that Jesus came and died and rose from the dead and offers me forgiveness today if I walk into light becomes very good news. If not, here's the thing. I would just tell you, you're, you're not quite sane. Ryan, right, well, that's a radical thing to say. Right. But, but I'm just not being honest about reality. If I don't recognize my own problem, there's some version of that that just lacks sanity. Who, Ryan, who would you be today? Here, let me answer this question. Who would you be today without Jesus? At 19 years old, I knew this. It did not take me very long to figure it out. At 19 years old, nearly 19, three weeks before my 19th birthday, first week of June, the year 2000, when I said yes to following Jesus, here's what I knew. If I don't say yes to Jesus, if I, scratch that, if something doesn't radically change in my life, I knew that by 25, a handful of things would have been true of me. I was positive I would have been a millionaire by 25. I think I would have. I'm positive I would have been at least an alcoholic, if not an avid drug user. I, I think I would have been with a different woman many times throughout the week. And I think I would have been on the verge of suicide. See, Ryan, how can you be so positive? How do you you know that? Because I knew I had a problem, and I saw where my problem was leading me. And it was leading me to a downfall. Listen, I did everything I knew how to do, and I had no way of escape. Until Jesus. Until light came. You hear me? I need light. I need light today, 20 years later, as much as I needed it then. I need the light. And I want the good stuff to grow in me. I don't want to be filled with the disease and the mold and the fungus of sin and hiding and and being multiple pieces and and lacking integrity. It's no way to, I don't want that. There's that. Now watch this, you got to stick with me. I can erase this. And this same set of paths, the path to the darkness or the path to the light, holds true if I put this in here. If I put hurt and relational pain in here. Let me walk you through it. When I'm hurt in a relationship, when I'm hurt by you, when, I, when I'm hurt by my, my husband or my wife or my parents, 
or my coach or my teammate, there is an enormous temptation to run to the darkness with that, to harbor bitterness, to harbor anger, to not say anything about it, to stuff it, to sweep it under the rug. And and what happens when I sweep it under the rug, when I run into darkness with it, when I'm not honest with it, I think nothing's happening. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be honest even with myself about it, let alone another human. Just just be honest with myself. And I think nothing's happening during that time. But there's enormous things happening during that time. Uh, Monumental things are happening. Because here's what's what's actually playing out is in the darkness, when, when, when I am hurt and I am suffering and I'm not saying anything about it, I'm just trying to suck it up and swallow hard and grit it through. I'm not talking about a skin knee. I'm talking about betrayal. I, I'm talking about being cheated on. I'm talking about being abandoned. I'm talking about being neglected. I'm, not, I'm talking about right, pain in relationships is what will grow, is certainly these things will, but also anger and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness will multiply in the darkness. And what will happen a month later or a year later or five years later? Something that didn't make any sense at all blew up in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm making a decision that I I have no idea why I'm doing this. You ever seen that happen? You ever seen that happen in somebody else's life? Ever ever seen it happen in your own? All of a sudden, somebody that, that seemed like a pretty solid human being, all of a sudden, boom! There's an affair. There's a gambling problem. There's a set of decisions I didn't even know was underneath there. Where did that come from? There's a, there a pain management strategy in place. And it went like this. I'm going to run. I'm going to take that pain of this relationship. I'm going I'm to take whatever I experience, and I'm going to run to the darkness with it. Whether we realize it or not, this feels harsh, but it's not. Whether we realize it or not, we, do, we would say we don't, quite trust God. We don't quite trust him enough to take the severity of that pain and to bring it into the light. So I'm going to manage it. Pain will drive me somewhere. It will drive me to more addiction. It will drive me to more darkness. Most sin habits, most explosions and most downfalls are not really people wanting to do evil things. It's that I'm trying to manage sin and pain and hurt all by myself. It's going to drive me somewhere. How's it going to have an effect on my life? And this, guys, this is huge. This is the only place where I'm going to find healing. You've been abandoned. The only place you're going to find even a remote level of healing through the gospel. You've been rejected. You've been left. People look to you and say, you're not going to amount to anything. You believed them. None of that, none of that is going to get solved in the darkness. I have to run to the light. 
and it's going to hurt. But when I face this pain, there's actually hope involved because healing in life can come. Or if I want to, I can wait. I, I can delay, and I'll pay later with interest. And, and it'll cost me everything. This is huge. How, how does incest run rampant in a family for generations? Yes. How, how, do, how do systemic issues play out in a, in a family? Poor spending and hurtful abuse. and How does it happen? It's all this. And man, I, I see it show up in my own heart and life. And I just want to confess to you all today, I got nothing that can help us. Nothing outside of this path. Self-help's not going to help me. Dr. Phil's not going to help me. Crushing it and making a bunch of money's not going to help me. You, you can run down any path you want. If, if this isn't in it, you won't find life, and I'll promise you, you will not find healing. But the flip side... And the flip side is also true. I don't care who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. I don't care what has been done to you. I don't mean that flippantly. I mean it can be as severe and as toxic. It can be as difficult as you can imagine. It can be so difficult you couldn't even imagine saying it to another human being. And yet th this path of walking into the light, finding forgiveness, being able to forgive others, being able to find, this will work for you every time. I'm not saying it'll be easy or simple. I'm not saying that there's not great complexity in this. This is the gospel. Not, not just the gospel that saves us, that's, obviously the key. This is the gospel that live, that we live in and points us to live in the light. Watch, watch these verses. Watch how this plays out. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Every time. Every time. When I walk down this road, from a sin perspective. I'm going to find mercy if I walk through light. This is also true. When I walk down this road from a relational perspective in my hurt and in my pain, I'm going to run out of gas sometimes. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people or with everyone. I'm not going to look at you and promise that every broken relationship is going to get healed. Why? We live in a fallen, broken world. But Paul would say, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, you can find a clear conscience. You can find healing. You can find forgiveness. You can find a way to forgive. You're not condemned to the path that says, the only way to survive life is to cut people off and call them dead to me. There's got to be a better way. 
as far as it depends on you, be, be at peace with all people. Guys, the, the band's going to lead us here in a minute, but I, I want to give you one resource because we opened a can of worms that I can't close in four weeks. Okay? I, I want to give you a, a resource, a book that I want you to write down the title to. It's not perfect, but it's very, very helpful. Okay? It's the book is called Boundaries. If you've never read this before, if you've never investigated it, it's all about how to walk into kind of this path and how to live with each other in a way that is helpful and sane. Okay? The book Boundaries. If you've never read it before, I would encourage you. Uh, I get no royalties by recommending this to you. <laughs> it's just helpful. Okay? It's just helpful. Jot that down. And then here's where I want us to land today. Wherever you are, probably if you're like me, you, you have a mix of sin and hurt. I got, I got both. You, you got a mix of, of pain and struggle and, and some guilt for, man, I probably have a part to play in this whole thing. What I, what I want us to do, where I think our landing point is, is no matter where we are, the first step is the exact same. I've got to run into the light. I've got to run into the light. I've got to start there. I've got to run to the Father and say, Lord, here's where I am. You already know it. You know what I've been through. You know what I did. You know what I thought. You know what was done to me. But we've got to start by actually saying it to God, bringing it into his light so that I can begin to move down a path of healing. That's where I think God would call us to right here, right now, just between us and the Lord. An acknowledgement of where he has us. Acknowledgement that we can trust him no matter what has been hidden in the darkness. Would you pray with me? Father, we say thank you, uh, Lord, that you know us completely. Your word says that you formed us in our, our mother's womb. You know all of our days. You know the hurts that we carry and, God, the, the sins that ravage our heart and mind. You know mine. And, God, we, in a bold step of trust, we want to move to you. We want to run to you today. Knowing that in your light, Lord, we're going to find mercy and forgiveness and comfort and healing because you're, God, you're a good father and you love us and you loved us enough to bring light into our darkness. God, give us courage today. Open our hearts before you and with you. Be with us now.